0: And welcome to the CBIA BizCast. I'm Shannon King. And I'm Katie Krejcik. A few weeks ago, we talked to Bob DeLisa, CEO of Cooperative Systems, an IT-managed service provider located in Windsor, Connecticut. We asked him about how Cooperative
1: Systems started, what services they offer to businesses, and he even gave some tips uh, for making your business more secure, safe from cybersecurity threats how to engage your employees around cybersecurity and implementing new technology. And we also touched a bit on net neutrality policies. So Katie and I really enjoyed this conversation. We learned a lot. Bob's a great guy. Um, So I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we did. Let's get to it. So Bob, tell us about Cooperative Systems and how you started.
2: We're in the internet and the computer and technology space. And we help small businesses with their overall IT Pretty much across the board, anywhere from business applications to productivity to security to just overall looking at trends, we help them with that. And we help businesses up to about 1,000 employees.
0: What fueled this business model of yours? It seems pretty unique.
2: So how we evolved over time was kind of my philosophy is you really, if you're going to stay, stay, Pertinent, you need to stay a couple of steps ahead of your client so you can be of value to them so that's what we've done um, uh, over the years and I've just kind of grown the business with that in mind is what are the things that we need to do as a company to stay ahead of the curve ahead of the ahead of the, the bad guys you know ahead of trouble how do we how do we stay ahead and how do we help our clients do that without them having to worry about it, um, when they're trying to focus on their main business, which is whatever business they're in.
1: Certainly. So we were doing a bit of research, um, on your company, uh, before this interview and you have a model, um, that you use for clients and the acronym is, uh, well, it spells out NOAA. So could you (laughs) let us know what that acronym is?
2: Yeah, NOAA is essentially something that we've kind of taken all of our services and we put a, a brand name on them. Um, and NOAA, Cooperative Systems is the company, but NOAA is the brand. Uh, NOAA originally, when we first came out with it back oh, about 15 years ago, we were looking at how do we look how do we have better visibility into our clients' systems, their networks, um, how do we know whether they're running okay or whether they need to be fixed rather than them waiting for, you know, rather than us waiting for a call, you know, from, from them to say, oh, my computer's down and when are you going to get here? What we wanted to do is put a system in place where we can monitor what's going on and look at trends within their network, within their systems, to try to catch them ahead of the break, ahead of that trouble call so we could respond quicker. So NOAA was the acronym, it was an acronym, you're correct in that, for network observation and health. So instead of them having to rely on um, an internal, full-time IT person that they had to pay a lot of money to, they could afford our model, which was a fraction of what they would pay for an internal resource. To manage and become that IT person, that IT manager.
0: Very cool. Thank you. Can mm-hmm. you highlight some of the industries that you service with NOAA?
2: Sure. Well, we we cover the pretty much the gamut. Um, our we focus primarily on well, healthcare is our big market for us. Manufacturing is a big a big market. Retail. Um, and specifically automotive retail is another big market for us, uh, professional services, financial industry, um, specifically credit unions. Um, so we, we have a, a number of different industries that we support, but pretty much across the board and, um, yeah, many of the, uh, organizations are in Connecticut and also in Massachusetts.
1: So cybersecurity is a really big issue for businesses. And you mentioned before, most of your clients have less than a thousand employees. Is that right? Yeah. So they're, they're mostly small businesses or, you know, depending on how you uh, define a small business or medium sized business, what, what do you do? Um, or what, what issue is, um, most important for small businesses as it relates to cybersecurity. Um, there's definitely resources out there, but you know we always continue to see you know very large and small businesses and organizations uh, continuing to be hacked. So um, what advice do you give to your small business clients about cybersecurity and implementing that into their um, business operations?
2: Well, uh, if you've listened to anything about cybersecurity and what you should be doing, over the last several years, it's been about awareness. It's been about training. Unless you're doing it on a regular basis, you're gonna fall behind the curve pretty quickly because, and the reason I say that, is because they're getting more sophisticated. Their, these spear phishing attacks are extremely sophisticated. Cyber is multi-tentacle animal, so we have to hit it in a lot of different ways, a lot of different strategies. And what I would say to clients is, Know that it's probably more than you can handle uh, as a small business and you need help. You need to look at not just the tools, but the experts that are out there. So get yourself a good network of experts that will allow you to cover all the the bases, cover all, you know, get all the different areas.
1: Definitely, certainly. So, as a follow up to cybersecurity, um, we often hear from members of ours that um, their employees themselves are the first stop to making sure that that phishing email is not clicked on, that certain documents are not opened. It's mostly through email, is what you know we've seen. We even see it here at CBIA. Do you have any advice for businesses that? you know, are looking to get their employees more engaged in the cybersecurity health and strength of the business?
2: Well, in terms of a training program, if you don't have a training program and a lot of our clients when we when we talk to them when we first take them on, we, we talk to them and it's one of the very first things that we address with them. So our approach to that is if you're going to be a, if you're going to, to be a client of ours what we're going to do is we're going to require you to take this cybersecurity training program. We would, we would recommend that to any company at all, you know, to, to do this. So if you're not doing it today, definitely go out and get something that will do cybersecurity training. And it should consist of, um, multiple, multiple different training modules. So different, so spear phishing, general phishing, telephone phishing, um, cyber, cyber attack. The only thing is, again, we're, to- we're talking about cyber security. This is only part of it. So part of it is your, your backend IT technology, the, the, the stuff that the users don't know, but the stuff that the user do know, that's the part where you, we could really do a lot by giving them regular training. These are modules that you essentially subscribe to. You give all of your email addresses to, the particular company or service that that provides this and they set up the modules and the modules that are sent to those users anonymously you do not announce that you're doing anything you just do it and you find out whether they're clicking on on those those emails so you're going to do is, first thing you're going to do is measure so you're going to measure how how bad <laughs> your your employees are in terms of their awareness and or, or, you know, they just, they're just clicking on the stuff and, and they're, they're getting, they're getting uh, they'll look at a warning or they'll get an alert saying, uh, you've been, you've, you've clicked on, you've been attacked. You know, they'll get a scary message yeah. and essentially log it, log it to the system. So the administrator, the person who's running the system kind of has an idea. Okay. Um, across the board, about 40% of our people, are, are suspects to this kind of attack. You end that training and then you run an anonymous test down the road, say another month later, to then remeasure, retake. So now that 40% that I used as an example, we want to see that number come down based on their awareness.
1: I have one last question for you and it may or may not be in your purview, but I'm just very curious to see what you think from a... Technology perspective. um, Do you have any clients expressing concern over net neutrality? Um, That's an issue that you know is has been an issue on the federal level. I know it's going to come up again at the state level. So, do do you have any experience with net neutrality? Do you have any um, you know because you service a lot of small businesses? You know, what's their um, what's their outlook on that issue? They don't
2: want big, uh, you know big government or big brother or big companies coming in and telling them what they can do when they can, they can or cannot do. Everything's been working. Great. Please don't do this. You know, this is, this is definitely something that we more are on that side of the, of the coin than, than, you know, for our clients and for the small business. It's all, it's all about empowerment. Um, and you know, I got into this business in the, in the eighties, uh, because I saw the, what the, the power of technology could do for the the little guy, you know, for the, the small business, and uh, I love I love that, you know, I I've always loved that about you know how the internet has evolved and how computing in general has evolved. It's really been given to the masses to figure it all out, and so that is that needs to continue. So um, I'm not a very political person when it comes to like what side of, you know, where, what's my exact position on something. But to me, it's the philosophy is give the power to the people, let them make the decision, let them have the freedom.
0: So what are the biggest challenges your company faces when advising businesses that are behind the curve on technology or are resistant to adopting new ways of doing things?
2: There are a lot of executives in companies that I see, that do not have any idea what's going on in technology in their company, because they're not technical; it's not their thing, and they're trust—they're trusting somebody who's who's probably trustworthy, um, but they don't know what that person is qualified to know everything there is to know. Um, and when you hire when you hire a company like ours, you know we have twenty five employees that know different disciplines. And it, it's gonna take 25 employees to identify the different areas of, of potential exposure. So that's what we do. Uh, we, we do an assessment that covers um, not only their, their physical assets, their cloud devices, their cloud computing, their email, their, their anti-spam and all that, we cover things that look at how is, it, is it, do they, what's their data integrity like? Right? What is their, What are their policies like? What are their internal IT policies? Do they have a bring your own device policy in place? Do they have an acceptable use policy in place? are, are do they adhere to any of those policies? So this policy um, kind of adherence and, and this adherence to technology standards is something we really profess, and we look at our clients to, to see how how mature how mature of an outlook do they have toward their technology? Is it just something they're going to spend? They just it's just a cost to them, or is it a strategic tool that they use to grow their business?
1: That's and, that, yeah. That's not to interrupt you, but yeah, that's incredibly interesting and something that popped in my head as you were talking about that is um, change management. So if a company or business is you know, trying to uh, modernize or digitize some of their business operations um, or their the the way they collect data um, from customers or anything like that. Um, do you guys at Cooperative Systems? Do you guys help with that change management, moving companies over to off of legacy systems onto new systems and you know, if so, what sort of challenges do yeah. those businesses that's, run into?
2: Yes, that's a, that's a huge part of what we do. So um, we, uh, for instance, um, we took a, um, we took one of our clients and this is a client that has, they have 2,500 computers and uh, 50 locations. And we needed to look at a system. Their Their contract was, they were running low uh, out on their contract and they were looking at another vendor, and they just kinda were dabbling in it. They weren't really happy with their current vendor, there were real problems with it, so they decided that they needed to kinda of put this out to out bid. And so we kinda stepped in, not as necessarily the expert in either system, that's kinda what our strength is, is we don't have that, we don't have that bias, right? So we'll come in and we say, okay, we know this system, we know enough of it, because we know what it runs on, you know because it's always software and hardware right so we know what it runs on we know the hardware requirements we know what you have for infrastructure will this will this you know vendor x so you got vendor vendor you got a vendor x and vendor y so vendor x is your is your incumbent and vendor y is now the one that our client is considering what do we need to do what are all of the things that we need to do to evaluate that you know we not not only from the technology perspective but but from a business flow perspective. How is it going to affect workflow? How is it going to affect, um, is it going to eliminate positions? Is it gonna add positions? W- you know, what kind of carrying feeding does it need? Um, all of those things. What kind of communication network does it need? You know, do that, what kind of oversight? All of those things. You know, and, and what is their account management team like? You know, how, how easy are they to work with? What's their support like? there's a lot of criteria that obviously goes into evaluating a new vendor. We'll help do that. uh, We'll actually do that working alongside as like an IT consultant. You know, it's like the IT person at the table to help guide the decision and help them really ask the right questions when it comes to that. And so we did that. And um, you know, that was a number of years ago. Uh, But it was a, they're still on that system and they're still using it and it's working out great for them. So those are the kinds of things that we, we do. We get involved with that kind of project.
1: Yeah, great. I cou- we- right, because I know that's one of the biggest components um, when coming off of legacy systems or moving on to new systems. You know, it does affect the workflow um, and it can be, can be a little tough to let go for some people or it changes things or the way that employees communicate internally with each other or communicating with customers. So, Yeah, I mean,
2: yeah, I have a call with somebody today to talk about that very thing. Just an exploratory call, but it's you know uh, another large uh, retail establishment that's going to be looking, and they have people that have used that system for forever, and they don't want to change. And people don't like to change, so you have to really take that carefully and look at that as a as a consideration. Okay, if they're not going to (laughs) change, you know, either they're going to Quit or retire, right? (laughs) So, um, do you wait for that, or do you just say, "No, we're going to do this." Sorry, Uh, you know, because we're, you know, we're going to get, we're going to gain these efficiencies. You know, Um, uh, there's a number of factors, obviously, in making the decision. um, Some of which are out of the scope of even this conversation, but we can we can certainly play a role in that. And like I said, it's not it's not our decision. It's certainly, we're, we're an advisor.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode. Be sure to follow the BizCast on Apple Podcasts and our website, cbia.com. See you next time.